So I've got a Christmas message gift, if that makes any sense. We are going to have our first service in the new campus, the San Isidro campus, on January 8th. I didn't say what year. You guys fell for it. No, no, no. Next year, January 8th. So next week, we're going to have our final service here, which is a first, here uh, in Hillside. And then on the 8th, the second Sunday of the new year, we'll have it at San Isidro. The times are going to change a little bit. We're going to have services at 10 a.m. and 11.30. Again, on the 8th. We're super excited. Thank you guys so much. Merry Christmas and welcome to Grace. You got it. Yes. It is the most wonderful time of year for most of us, isn't it? Now notice, I said most because for many, many people, this is not the most wonderful time of year. For many people, this is a time of suffering. For many people, this is a time of depression. As a matter of fact, statistics show that during this time, suicides go way, way up. For many people, this is a season of asking why. Why am I going through this? Why am I ill? For many people, this is the first Christmas where a loved one is no longer with them. And they're asking why. Why God? Why me? Why the suffering? Why the illness? Why is my relationships just Going downhill. Why, why, why? And for many people, they even question why. Why Christmas? Why all this hoopla? Why all this joy? And as we're going to see today, a young teenage peasant girl had questions. And I believe she also questioned why. Why things were happening the way they happened in her life. So have your Bibles with you. Please open them up to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to pick up on verse 26, Luke chapter 1. Now this is a very familiar story. We read this quite often in Christmas. And here's what I want us to do today, though. I want us to, to look at it differently. I want us to see from Mary's perspective. So Luke opens up in this manner, verse 26, chapter 1. In the sixth month, now this sixth month is not June. This is the sixth month where Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, was pregnant. She was pregnant six months. So he says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed. Now, when you were betrothed back then, it was like an engagement, but it was more serious than an engagement. It was literally you were almost, if not married, you just weren't living together. And so Luke tells us that the angel of Gabriel comes and presents himself to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. This young man was a descendant of King David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel, Gabriel, came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she, Mary, was greatly troubled at the saying. And tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Right there, she started asking questions. Wait, favored? What do you mean I am favored by God? Verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There it is again. So Mary's like, wait a second, what's going on? What does this all mean? 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Yeshua, translated in Hebrew, is Joshua. And we know him as Jesus. I love how Matthew interprets this. Look what he says in Matthew 121. I love this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. Just like that, the Messiah of the world was introduced to us. That's why we're here. Now, the angel is going to predict five things about Mary's son, about Jesus. And I can spend two weeks on sermons on these five things. But let me just read them to you. Verse 32. He will be great, the angel says. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And again, Mary's going to ask a question. How? How will this be since I am a virgin? I don't get it. I'm still confused. Asking why? Asking how? And the angel responds and says this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, he says, your relative Elizabeth... In her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now, don't miss this next verse. Look what the angel tells Mary. Look what the angel's telling you, and the angel's telling me, the messenger of God. Verse 37 For nothing will be impossible with God. Mic drop. Church, you can ask. God questions. Ask away. Mary's saying, how? Why? I don't get it. But don't, don't question God's character. Never question what God can do because nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible with God. I hope you don't miss this. Sometimes we read these stories and we just skim right through them. Still not sure why. Still not Knowing how all this is going to be done. Still a little confused. Mary is. The angel Gabriel is upon her and she's freaking out. Not knowing what's going to happen. Look how she responds. Behold, verse 38. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done according to your word. And the angel, it says, departed from her. Wow. Did you catch her response? Again, not knowing. Still confused, asking all these questions, she just says, let it be to me according to your word, God. I trust you. Not knowing what was going to happen, but we know what happened, don't we? We know how this story turns out. She has her son, Jesus. And don't miss this. For most, if not all of his life, Jesus suffered. He didn't have a place to lay his head. His own family, we read, his half-brothers, his half-sisters were ashamed of him. He, he's calling himself the son of God. What a weirdo. And then when he starts his ministry, all his life he is being chased. The Pharisees want to kill him. All his time on earth was suffering. And I can guarantee you that Mary was asking questions still. Wait a second, God. I thought I was favored. 
If this is what it means to be favored, I don't want any of this. Wait a second, God. What happened to my son being the most high? What happened that he was going to reign forever? What's going on? But it doesn't end there. You know the story. Mary finds out that Jesus has been arrested. And I can only imagine she runs to the scene. She's looking around. Where are your buddies? Jesus you had 12 men and now they're all gone? And man, just picture this. If you're a parent, picture this. You see your son beaten, unrecognizable. You don't think she was suffering? You don't think at that moment she was questioning what's going on? I don't want any of this. And then the very next day, she sees Jesus, her son, carrying about a 165-pound cross for over two miles, carrying it to his death. And then we read that she's there looking at her son being crucified, taking his last breath. Talk about suffering, church. And she was favored, favored by God. And as Jesus was lowered from the cross... Deadless body. I'm sure Mary was clinging on to her baby boy asking why. Why this suffering? Why go through all this? Why, why, why? Why Christmas? But again, we know that the story doesn't end there. Because three days later, Jesus stepped out of the tomb. And we also read in the gospel that Mary... His mother sees the risen Christ. And in that moment, church, that moment, her perspective changed. I believe at that moment she realized why. And she realized that it was worth it. Because at that moment she saw her Savior, her Messiah. She no longer was clinging on to her suffering. She clung on to Jesus, the Savior of the world. That's why I believe at that moment Mary understood what Paul writes in Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Not that all things are good. Mary suffered. Jesus suffered. You're suffering. I can guarantee it. But remember that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I believe at that moment, church, Mary realized what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.17. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. At that moment, it seemed eternal for Mary, the suffering. But then she realized it was worth it for the eternal glory that is to come in my Messiah. I believe that that moment, church, Mary realized what Peter says in 1 Peter 5. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I don't know what season you're going through. But for many of us, the season, like I mentioned, is a questioning season. Why Christmas? See, church, Christmas introduced hope. Christmas introduced peace. Christmas introduced joy, eternal joy. And what joy means is Jesus overcame your sorrow, your sadness, your suffering. That's what it's all about. 
So I don't know where you're at. And if you're asking why you're sick, why your finances not where they're supposed to be, why is your relationship going the way it's going, why are you suffering, maybe this season, maybe today, you don't cling on to your suffering. You cling on like Mary clung on to her Messiah, Jesus. And then we truly understand what the season is all about. It's a season that Jesus brought peace, hope, and joy. Not temporary, but eternal. And I hope that hearing from God, we can respond like Mary did and say, let it be done to me according to your word. And say, I trust you, God, with all my heart. Let's pray. Father God, we do love you. We do praise you. We give you thanks for this reason, for this season, for the season of eternal hope, joy, and peace that only your son can give us. And I know that many of us sitting here today just hearing my words are going through a season of just depression. And they don't look forward to Christmas because it brings back memories. It brings back questions. Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit you comfort them. I pray that this message maybe gives them an answer, even though we may not understand it. I pray that we respond as Mary did not understand what it all meant, that we respond like her, that we become your servants and trust you. And Father, I pray that we look for the eternal hope, that one day your son will come back and restore all things. But until that day comes, Father, we will sing with joy, joy of your son, Jesus has overcome everything in this world. We love you, Father. We praise you. And we say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Merry Christmas.